We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the DGD Podcast. As always, the NCDGD himself, Robert Reynolds. As always, Juan Daniels. And with us, Turner from the Spike Squad. You know him, the Spike Squad. With that being said, we're obviously, listen, we're going to have a lot to talk about. The main topic being, can a fan base impact a recruitment? How and, and why? Why or why not? So in the comments, let us know. If you think yes, if you think no, whatever your decision is, let us know so we can sit there and talk while we're live. If not, we still might be able to talk afterwards anyway. But with that being said, welcome to the DGD Podcast as always, right? The show is brought to you by La Terrain Watches. Use code DGD at checkout get 10% off your purchase site-wide. Hunter, I mean Turner, God almighty, Turner, <laughs> welcome to the show, my man. Thank you for having us. Enjoyed being here last time. So excited to be here again. Obviously, you know, how does a fan base impact recruiting topic I'm very, very passionate about. Listen, we know the Spike Squad. Juan, I think you're familiar with the Spike Squad. Yes, sir. I think it's one of the most, I guess you could say notorious, right, student sections, if you will, in the land. <clears throat> and we're going to talk about that right now from a from a Spike Squad perspective, from a former player's perspective, and from a fan, just a true fan's perspective. So we're getting three tiers here, three levels to look at this. Uh, so hopefully this gets a good breakdown, right? Um, but first off, I want to talk about, right, like the, obviously the fan base and, and what it can mean for, you know, for a recruitment, right? One, as a former player going through the recruiting process, you know, obviously I think you have to look at a fan base as a part of it. Um, you know, there's obviously more to it, but if you had to choose or if you had to tell us like what percentage uh, of your recruitment was determined by the fan base, if any, what would it be? Like how big of an impact to you was that? It, it, it was huge. I, I would say for me, 60%. Um, but, but for me, I'm, I'm a little bit unusual. I was not a very good practice uh, guy. So I was, I was horrible in practice, but when it came to game time, there's something about hearing the band play, 
hearing that crowd go crazy that just elevates the the game so much more. So you could look at a team and say, wow, like you guys are an unbelievable team. But what people really don't realize is for Turner and, and the spike squads and, and, and the fan bases of the world, like there are the engine, they are the engines that make that machine move. And it is hugely important. And for a recruit, if you came to the uh, that um, national championship parade and you sat inside that stadium to listen to that crowd roar and go crazy, it would almost be impossible for a recruit to not want to come and be a part of, uh, of Georgia football. Well, you heard it from the players' perspective. Turner, what's your, what's your answer to the question, my man? Yeah, I mean, coming from the student side of things, you know, these kids, they're coming in to be a student too. So seeing that, uh, you know, just they have obviously the fans there at the games, but, you know, the student section, when we go crazy every game, that extends past the game too. We're we're passionate for the sport outside of the field. We're supporting these players when they're in class or they're going around campus. We're still huge fans of them. So I think just having that consistent support for them, whether they're playing, they're not playing, whether they're starting, whether they're injured, whether they're backup, just that support for them. And uh, going off the past topic with um, seeing that roar of the crowd is huge. When you come in, obviously you have a lot of teams that are top tier. You know, you might be narrowing it down between a few if you're a recruit. But at the end of the day, if one team is way more fun to go play for because these kids are 16, 17, 18, looking where they want to play, you know, how much fun they're going to have is obviously a huge part of that. And so realizing that one atmosphere may be way more fun to play in definitely uh, plays a role in that. Now, my question is this, and before I jump to the brigade, have you had or has the spike squad in that regard had recruits or players physically come up to one of you and say, hey, look, y'all played a part in this is that a thing or is that just something that you just you just do it and hope that it plays out and it works in favor i would definitely say mainly the second one definitely just kind of uh hey let's hope but we have had some recruits uh like bear alexander retweet some of our stuff with uh asking him to come join uh uga and uh michael williams um his coach actually was talking about how uh, he woke up on his the day of his official visit coming to Georgia, and the first thing that he saw there, there it is on the screen. Uh, he just had his, I believe it was his homecoming game the night before. He wakes up, is uh, in the chauffeur ride on his way to Athens, he, and first thing he does, he checks his phone and he sees that we're on game day, holding up the signs for him. So seeing that, seeing you know some of that work play off because we're kind of distant from them, not really being able to have personal connection with them, but seeing you know a coach come talk about how that did play a role and how that made him really excited to get to Athens and how Athens was ready for him before he even got there definitely played a role. You know, I look at it in a sense, right? I, I think you look at it from a perspective, from a fan's perspective, right? Like if if you can pack Sanford Stadium, right, at 92, 93,000, I, I look back to the uh, 2019 Notre Dame game, right? Just watching that on TV alone, um, you know, that right there in itself was downright, in, like just infectious, right? Like it, it's so wild to think about a night game between the hedges. You've got, you know, you got the spy squad in full effect. You know, you've got the lights as you can see here, you know, like if I'm a recruit and I see that it is just, it's just mind boggling. Right. And then you obviously you look at guys like 
you know, currently, right? Arch Manning. I think Arch Manning was a big deal last year uh, when he came into the South Carolina game. And, and then obviously, you know, y'all, uh, the Spike Squad, you know, we want Arch thing. And, and I think he took notice of that. Can you elaborate, Turner, more on the we want Arch situation? I, I think that was a big deal. Uh, just elaborate a little bit further about, you know, the we want Arch situation. Yeah. So the picture you have on the screen, that's actually like, we like to call it our little brother. So that's paint line. Um, they sit one section over from us, but they, every uh, game, they paint a message on their back. So the front will say something like go dogs or Georgia, and then their back, they'll paint a separate message. Um, and that's kind of the message of the week. And so that was a huge thing for them. And then, uh, so we're one section to the left of them in this picture. And we had our own sign that we created. Um, we had, cause game day was actually no game day wasn't there, but we had a poster and we painted, we want arch on the back of that poster with some of our body paint that we had and held it up and that got on television, got some screen time as well. So just knowing that he was in the building, uh, we both organizations wanted to, obviously we both want him to come to Georgia and hopefully pretty soon he'll decide that. Um, but we just wanted to do everything we could to help, you know, maybe sway his decision towards coming to Georgia. Absolutely. Juan, you know, thinking about this right here, you know, why didn't they ever do a we want Juan sign? Like, did they not paint their bodies at that point, man? Like, I don't, I don't, what's going I don't on remember, here? I don't remember that. I don't remember them doing that. But I, I, I tell you what, as a, as a recruit, you know, j just to see something like that lets them know, man, like we want you here at, at Georgia. We want you to be this first choice. And man, oh man, I, I tell you what, you're going to be, you know, in a situation where for the three or four years that you're at Georgia, you've got these fans or you've got the spike squad that's going to be just going crazy cheering for you that whole time it's like man why, why would you not want to 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 go and be a part of something this special <laughs> i see i see patrick has a he says <laughs> i have a let's go once <laughs> i mean he is the president of the one fan club so it makes <laughs> sense turner so there you you actually you actually provided a, a picture uh, as we pop it here, I think that's you right there, man. Yeah. Walk us, walk us through this. Yeah. So this game, I don't know which game that was, but it was our big weekend where we had most of the IMG guys coming up to visit. And so I know this was after, I believe this was after the Arch Manning incident. And we saw how much publicity we got from that. So I kind of wanted to carry it through and see if we could carry that through multiple recruits and not just Arch Manning. So I was trying to brainstorm an idea, you know, what recruits are coming, which recruit do we want? And I noticed that it was our IMG weekend. So here you just have a, you have a list of all the IMG recruits. And uh, on that Bear Alexander tweet that you posted earlier, I think he may have had either this one or the other one, but on the back. So yeah, the We Want Bear sign right there, that's actually the back of this poster that I'm holding up. Um, so obviously bear, that was our target recruit of the week. And then the front was just kind of all the IMG kids. And, uh, if you go, we flip back to the poster. So yeah, right there we've got, let's see on the left side, two of them at UGA, uh, Jonah hopefully is considering UGA. I know we're one of his top schools. Hopefully ends up here. Kamari Wilson, obviously we lost to Florida, but, uh, those next two under him are also considering Georgia. So. Hopefully, you know, next year, if they're on a visit with an IMG visit, we might have a similar sign and try to help pull the trigger on those kids uh, committing to Georgia. 
I think that stuff makes a lasting impression. I think it really does. Cause if you, if a kid comes on, you know, comes on a weekend at a game and you see, you know, that love per se, right. Like showing you love, right. It makes you feel wanted. It makes you feel, you know, from a, I would assume from a recruit standpoint, a priority and it's somewhere where you feel like, okay, these fans are going to love me regardless. I Turner, I don't know if you remember when, um, when you know, for the national title uh, ceremony, right, the the parade and things like that. I don't know if y'all saw that. Juan, I know you were there. You made your TV appearance, and apparently the reporter <laughs> didn't know who you were. Um, shame, woman, shame, unfortunately. Um, you, you know, there was a video that I think Vic Burley um, posted out um, with them in the bus and everything. And the initial just all that you heard, you know, from the recruits at that time, that's that's an impression, right? When you hear going, whoa, yo, like I think Jamal, you can hear Jamal and, and Vic and everybody else were just like, damn, like that that matters, right? If you if you have things like that, it, it's one of those things that, you know, if I'm a fan trying to put myself into a recruit standpoint, like that shows you your fan base is passionate, right? that's something that I could see myself being a part of, you know, the fans care. They, they, they were, you know, they respect the game. They, they, they cherish everything that matters, right? That matters. As we move to the brigade, apparently, you know, Patrick in here was saying that Arch Manning was impressed with the atmosphere in Sanford um, this past year. Uh, no question. It affected him. I think so. Um, you know, here going back to his, you know, the post, Right, the post recap, if you will, uh, post the visit or whatever, they they the whole you know everything that was said was just like glare, like you know great reviews basically from from his time. And then you have Ad Mitchell catching the touchdown pass and handing the ball, saying, "Hey, come throw touchdowns to me." Like from the players to the fans, the atmosphere, all of that matters. It it just has to matter. You know, uh, Turner, Juan, do any of y'all want to add on? to you know to this question and, and things like that anybody well I, I i definitely want to say i love turner what you guys did you know obviously with those with those img guys justin benton is um, a big time recruit his he's a legacy guy i played with his i played with his dad one of the things that's going to be a huge benefit to him i mean his dad can say i never much love to come and play for for, for georgia i mean and, and we were you know, mediocre at, at best during the time that we were there. But to see Georgia coming off of a national championship as a as a dad, seeing your son being recruited by your alma mater, but then again, having the Spike Squad and you have the Turners of the world that really just pay that much attention to put a sign up that's possibly going to be on TV or even or even game day. That that means a lot. So I, I do think that we turn uh, Justin Benton. Um, I think that he's going to be a Georgia Bulldog. I really believe, and I know we talked about this on our last podcast, that I really do believe Arch is going to be a Justin uh, a Georgia Bulldog. I mean, he just, I mean, it's just everything is aligned for him to be here. Um, so I, I, I just think that what the, you know, recruiting is is great, but to have the Spikes fans and and, and everybody just to be involved, it's not just you know, hey, we, we want you here. It's you're going to be a part. And so when you marry the 
the athletics, with the academics, with the with the with the fan support, and you there all they're, they're all one thing, and they're all a part of just one one experience. And so that that's basically what you're getting. And I, I just think that again, what 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 uh, the the Spike Squad is doing is just it's just awesome. It's it's great to see. I, I think we both can attest to that as well. Turner, so I want to turn it over to you. Obviously, you did this this past year, right, for Bear and and Arch, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. with him being the next class over. Are, what, are there any uh, – maybe drop us here. Are there any plans for any uh, recruits that you are doing during the season, by chance? It, it'll depend on uh, the when the visitors list drops. We'll have to see who's coming that weekend. Um, but, yeah, in terms of atmosphere, you think about Arch – you know, you come to a Georgia game, you've got fans painted on their back. We want Arch. The atmosphere is amazing for the game. Good win. And then, you know, you know, somewhere else in the season, you look over at Texas, the other school he's looking at, and uh, you see them lose to Kansas at home. And the crowd was not really in that game. And when you look at that comparison, you're like, man, is, is this really where I want to go play? Is this Texas team with these fans that, you know, Texas, they've got a passionate fan base, but they don't get into it like they like we do here in the SEC and like we do in Athens. So I think that that could uh, potentially p- play a big role in where he finally goes. I mean, it very well, it very well could. I'll, I'll tell you this. Looking at it right here, obviously, um, Turner, you were not on for the last episode where we talked about, you know, the last uh, this past weekend's official visits and things like that. You know, what are your? I, I want to maybe take this question, Juan, and, and and pose it to Turner. Where do you? Where do you think? What do you? How do you feel about Arch and and Justice and these guys? How do you feel about Arch coming to Georgia? Do you think it's Georgia? Do you think it's Texas? Where do you stand on that? Yeah, Unbiased I mean, I think you can. Yeah, I think it's Georgia, but we'll have to see how that oil money hits. So, <laughs> hopefully, uh, our hopefully Spice Squad is cooler than I don't know the CEO of Exxon, whatever is you know, helping him get to Texas. But I think with Todd Munkin and what we've got with, you know, when you look at Stetson Bennett and you say, look what we did with Stetson, I think that's the main recruiting pitch there. Um, And there, you know, they are slightly different players, but Todd Munkin is saying, Hey, I have really good history with past quarterbacks. You know, I personally am a Stetson Bennett supporter. I think he's a great quarterback, but I definitely think they will use that pitch of, Hey, look what we did with Stetson. Stetson, imagine what we can do with you. So I'm really hoping he ends up at Georgia, and I think he does. You know what? Hunker down means a completely different thing between Georgia and Texas, don't it? Definitely. Hunker down is one thing for us. Hunker down might mean an oil fill for them. So <laughs> just saying. I'm just saying. So obviously, listen, we're, now that, you know, obviously we've talked about the impact on recruits, let's, let's talk a little bit about recruiting. How about that, guys? Um, listen, another big weekend in recruiting, right? I think you look at guys like <clears throat> Jamal Jarrett, right, out of Grimsley. Um, you know, a couple guys canceled their um, official visits. Uh, you know, but th- to me, looking at it right now, I think this week, uh, this weekend is is heavily focused on trenches, right? You look at D linemen, they're highlighting it. Offensive linemen with Shams highlighting it. You know, I think this is a big weekend for Coach Scott. For uh, for Coach Searles, Coach Searles, Coach Searles, it's it's time to, hey, you're get you're getting offensive linemen in here. Let's get them committed, right? Let's get them committed because it's time that you know we have to hit 
our recruits on an offensive line standpoint, right? This is, a, in my opinion, a way better class from an offensive line standpoint this year than what it was in the 22 cycle. We have got to hit on the that better talent. We've got to get better talent there because there is a very good chance that our entire starting five could be gone. Uh, so you have to prepare for that. And, and I think this class is the where is where we do that. Um, and what are y'all, uh, you know, what are your takeaways? Well, actually, Jonel Aguero. Uh, is going to be uh, doing his official uh, and honestly coming off of an unofficial this past weekend. Uh, so that, in my opinion, speaks volumes uh, for where Georgia stands with him as well. Uh, Juan, well, I'll start with you first and then we'll turn it over to Turner. What are you most looking forward to this weekend? Um, just like, you know, again, the, the Jamal, I mean, talking about him forever, um, the, the Grimsley. Um, and, and you're what? That's right in your backyard, am I? It is, yes. Uh, and and so, you know, j- just have him. Uh, you know, one one of the things that that that's important. Again, when we're looking at trenches. You look at Mims decided he wanted to go, and now he's coming back. Obviously, there's something special about that line. There's you know special about the, the those trenches that made him decide. I was originally wanting to go back but there's nothing out there that's going to be better situation that i have right now and so uh last i got an opportunity to see him and the other offensive working out uh in, in the locker room uh, sorry in in the uh in in the weight room they were just you know putting it in and then you just listening to the the, the weight guys and everybody encouraging each other all the recruits have to really do is just go through and see something like that for them to be like man where i want to be but Again, if, if 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 we can get your boy that you've been filming and, and talking about for so long, that would be absolutely outstanding for this weekend. Turner, what are you most looking forward to for this weekend? Yeah, I think the offensive line finally getting some offensive linemen and hopefully we can get either a silent commit or someone will go public with it if Kirby lets them. But I think when you start in the trenches, you get those uh, you get those big boys up front on offense. You now you can recruit quarterbacks as well. You can say, "Hey, Arch, look at these guys. They'll be protecting you. We got some really good offensive linemen." Same thing with running backs. Hey, running backs, um, look at these guys. You'll be running behind. Look at these guys. They'll be moving people in front for you. And then same thing on defense. You know, there's our DBs last year talked about how big of a role our really good front seven played in terms of allowing them to play better. And so I think that if you get some really good D linemen to commit, then that'll help with DBs and say, hey, look, we've got these really good guys up front. That'll help you a little bit. Why don't you come and join them? Absolutely. <clears throat> One kind of stole my thunder, but it's whatever. Um, <laughs> as the fanboy here, listen, man, D-line play is going to be key here, right? Whether it's edge, defensive tackle, true nose, things like that. <clears throat> it, it's It's time to, in my opinion, it's time to finish the deal, finish the job, right? Um, and I think what better way with honestly and turn a negative into a positive, right? A couple of guys lose their, you know, they cancel their or their officials, right? Making a positive out of this, that's actually more time for the guys that are actually taking their officials, right? That's more one-on-one time. And when you have a guy like Jamal Jarrett, which, you know, draws comparisons to, you know, to Jordan Davis, right? He's 6'6", 350, 360 in that range, Right. You have to, you know, you cannot miss. So Coach Scott's, pro- I guarantee you Coach Scott's sitting here 
ready to go, right? Coach Scott, Coach Uzo, right, for your edge guys. Uh, Coach Searles better be ready. I think he will be. And you know Coach Kirby, man. King Kirby is going to be ready to go too. Uh, it's an it's another good weekend. You might you probably see some all whites again, right? Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I want to say every kid wore all whites with the white helmet. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, Turner, what are your thoughts on the all whites? Like I think I, I think it's, I think it's clean. I think they're really clean. I'm not too sold on the stripes on the helmet. I think the stripes down the middle. Some people really like them. Some people. Like me, I personally think it offsets a little bit. I think if you just take the stripes off and have just the clean whites, they're really good. But I think it's Kiaris Jackson made the joke that uh, someone said, you know, are we ever going to see these? And Kiaris Jackson said, uh, sorry, actually, someone said, will these ever see the light? And he said, yeah, the light of the equipment room. I'm pretty sure they only ordered one. And so, you know, I would love to see it in a game, whether Kirby actually pulls the trigger and lets them wear it in the game. I doubt that, but I love seeing it on those visit pictures. And then kind of along with those visit pictures, seeing stuff like the new chair that they have, the the arch throne. I thought that was really cool. <laughs> and then yeah. you've got you've got a few other new backdrops that they've added. So it's been really excited to see what the uh, creative team has done over the offseason to make those visit pictures uh, one step higher. No doubt about that. And I, my thing is this, though, right? From a recruiting standpoint, guys, can a recruit – can a recruit start a chain reaction of more recruits? Yes or no one? Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. Again, it's, you know, and, and notice that, you know, for, for most of these recruits, they all want to take these, these recruiting visits together. So it's almost like they're just kind of, kind of scheming to say, Hey, listen, I want to follow you place in this place and see what we like best. But I'm telling you right now, if ours were to commit, Right now, today, we're going to have all types of receivers and, and linemen that are saying, listen, this is where he's going to go. He's something special and making a big deal about the number one guy. Let's go follow him. Um, so I, I think for sure um, it, it can definitely start a chain reaction. Also, to say really quick, Turner, you had, a, you had a great idea. I think if you take the stripes off of that and it's just an all white helmet with that G, man, oh, man. That is that's that's top notch. You know, I'm kind of a fan of the the stripes, to be honest. I, I get the for me, I get the I get the questions about the stripes, right? Because the white stripe in the middle on the white helmet. But, you know, I, I think the white helmet with the stripes would look better that way rather than say, like, you know, a silver helmet with the, the actual red, white and black stripes. I just don't I, I get the I get the stripes as well. But either way, I think the all whites, I think at some point that's gotta come out. That's gotta be yep. a true thing. It has yep. to be, right? Yep. And it looks like Patrick and I are gonna be signing at Georgia. He told me if I resign that he signed. So Look let's go. Look at this. Look at this. <laughs> My man. I, I will I will say this though. And and listen, if say for instance, if Georgia were to land Jamal Jarrett, right? Yeah, we talked about the the chain reaction, right? There could be the possibility that kids can follow suit right there, right? Listen, there's a couple kids that that have already sold. I'm, I'm already sold on, and, and they're on, and they're extremely young bucks. <laughs> um, like one, first off, listen, Bryce Davis, that, that that is a grown man. That is an absolute grown man, and he's only a freshman, going to be a sophomore. 
And then you have uh, Andre Hill, another grown man going to be a sophomore, and neither have touched their varsity field yet. Um, I'm already sold on them, guys. Already. Just already sold. But that's neither here nor there. That is a long time before that comes to fruition. However, if you look at, you know, if, if you look at the grand scheme of recruiting, you know, I think, you know, like, you know, like Turner talked about this IMG pipeline, right? That's a real thing. Talk to, talk to Alabama with Thompson and we'll, we'll see what happens there. Right. Uh, like I think Georgia needs to, I think Georgia needs to set a pipeline for Buford, right? One that kind of hits home for you. Yeah. Uh, there's, oh, yeah. there's too much talent at Buford to not dig in and create a pipeline <clears throat> of sorts. Like, you, you know more about Buford and, and Georgia high school than I do, but I also know that Buford is one of the top, top D one D one pipelines that has the potential for D one talent in Georgia. Yeah. And about anywhere in Gwinnett County is going to be that way for what it seems like. Well, um, and I'll, I'll tell you another thing too, when they, when they just talk about, you know, imitation is a, is a form of flattery. Um, you know, just like the spike squad this past year, we had what was called the Wolf Gang. They were called Wolf Gang 2021. And they were the ones that were dressed up at each and every game. They would go to the away games, home games, but they didn't just do football. It was basketball. Uh, my wife coached volleyball and, uh, you know, they were at the volleyball games. But again, that, that Spike Squad, you know, just kind of inspired something big, you know, especially here in Georgia. And then again, like you said, you're starting to form all of these high schools now are getting so much into, you know, wanting to have this kind of crazy team spirit to so to say, hey, listen, no matter what the record is, no matter what's going on, we're going to be here. We're going to scream. We're going to be loud. And we're going to let you know that we are just a part of this as, as, as you are. So, um, you know, that, that I thought that was great this past year. No, I think I think it's a, it's a good thing, right, to have an you know an active fan base, right? Kind of, I guess, to kind of circle back all the way around and come back to the the beginning of things. You know, listen, if I'm a top talent, man, I want to have it. I want to go somewhere, right? Like, especially if it's for three or four years, I want to make sure that during those three or four years, I'm getting the best experience I can possibly get, right? Because I'm telling you right now. Most college stadiums, especially down in the South, are bigger than any NFL stadium, mm-hmm. right? So you're going to – so, for instance, when Georgia sells out, completely sells out, all like a 2019 Notre Dame where you got 93,000, right? Like you're never going to get that anymore in the NFL. You're not. So enjoy it while it lasts. Now, at the same time, you can have 100,000 seats, but if you've only got 20,000 filled, that don't mean jack shit. So having a full stadium every single week, week in, week out, regardless of opponent, for that matter, that that's when that's when recruits, I'm I'm sure, will take a deep dive and like, okay, so th- this fan base really cares, right? Like, think about Nebraska. Nebraska has been terrible for recent memory, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Yet they're always selling out stadiums. They're all like the state the stands are always full. You know who else has a has a crazy fan base that people don't really realize is Kentucky. Kentucky. Strangely enough, yes. I mean, they they have can be two and nine, two and ten, whatever it is, and yet their fans are there one hundred percent all the time. Stadium is always filled out. And then of course now as, as their recent success, 
you know, they have more and more reasons to be there. But again, they they show up as if their team still has a chance to to, to play in the national championship. And so um, that, that that that's great. And, you know, especially with the Spike squad, I mean, you you're you know, we played in the national championship. So, you know what that's like. But I think that they have that type of mentality each and every each and every game. Same thing, you know, Texas A&M has the 12th man and people know about these rabid, crazy fan bases. The loudest that I've ever heard was, you know, when I was, at, you know, at Tennessee at, at their stadium. I mean, they were obnoxious and they were crazy and they were wild. But and that was also, you know, during the times of Peyton Manning, every, every right and reason to be. So when you add the fan base and you add, again, the, these types of these types of things, it, it's there's so much electricity that actually goes through a player that it just makes you play at a different, higher level. And and I really, really feel sorry for that 2020 season when you had all of those ACCs and all those Pac-12 teams that played in empty stadiums. There's nothing worse. And you can ask those players, how bad was that? And they'll tell you, it was awful. It was absolutely awful. So to say that the that the fan base doesn't make a difference, you know, you'd, you'd be kidding yourself. So that leads me to a question for you, Juan. But before I bring this question up, I do want to say, you know, when you look at a fan base, right, <clears throat> not only is it the home environment that a recruit can sit there. Say, for instance, if a recruit is looking between, I don't know, say Georgia and, I don't know, Tennessee or Georgia and Vanderbilt for some reason, right? Think about what Georgia fans do at Vanderbilt Stadium or Georgia Tech Stadium. The ability to overwhelm an opponent, hell, even Notre Dame back in 2017, if you remember correctly. The ability to travel. When when commentators call out how much red there is in a stadium that their main colors are not red at all, that speaks volumes as well. Juan, if, if, from a player's perspective – if, if you were visiting somewhere, how did you pay attention to that? If if there was an overwhelming portion of a fan base, like an, a, like an away fan base in, in, in the stands, did that catch your eye? Or no, absolutely. Just, yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, the, obviously the more fans that you have there when plays are made and they're just as loud as that home team stadium, I mean, that that's always huge. Um, you know, I, I remember in, in 95 playing against Clemson and we had just as many Georgia fans at that at that Clemson you know you go and catch a pass score a touchdown or get a get an interception or something that that happens and your fan base is just as loud as the next one that's when that momentum starts to change and that's when you know you just kind of overtake a stadium and you know the Georgia fans they'll let you know hey we were here this is basically our place and I love that about our fans all right. Well, we're going to go to the brigade for just a second. One, thank you for that input. Rudes asks Turner, question for the beautiful Spike Squad member. What's your favorite moment where the fans had the biggest impact on a game? Yeah. So uh, there's, I would say there's two instances of that. And one of them I'm mad at you about. I've been wanting to talk about the away Notre Dame game <laughs> since you told me the topic of this show. And then I was waiting on it and then you stole it from me. But I would say that I was at that game. I went with my dad, and that was crazy. It was a close game. And in terms of recruits, you know, Notre Dame, powerhouse, they get a bunch of top recruits. 
we get a bunch of top recruits. A lot of times we're competing over the same ones. And so if you're, you know, let's let's just say that you're deciding between uh, Notre Dame and Ohio State. You go to that Notre Dame game against Georgia. Next thing you know, you're like, man, these Georgia fans are crazy. Let's, you know, maybe I want to go schedule an official visit with Georgia and put them on my list. And so I think that was definitely crazy. Seeing that red takeover, um, seeing the the fourth quarter light show during that game. And it even extended past that game because um, there was a Cubs game that weekend. And then there was also a Chicago Bears game against the Falcons that weekend. And all three games, uh, I was actually in left field uh, for that Cubs game. And we had left field yelling Georgia, right field yelling Bulldogs. And there were some <laughs> Cubs fans right around us. And they looked back because they saw that we were participating in it. And they were like, they're like, what? Why do y'all have an why do y'all have a disagreement with the right field? Like they thought we were arguing about something. And so like <laughs> it just shows how crazy these fan bases go. And then same thing at the Falcons game. You know, there's a crazy amount of Georgia fans there, but you know, it just made you realize that up up north, they, you know, their fans just don't quite understand what we've got going down here in the south. Um, but in terms of uh let's see what the question was. Uh, favorite moment when the fans had the biggest impact definitely that first drive against Arkansas uh, being there on the front row was insane that was the loudest stadium I've ever heard um, the sideline I forgot the sideline reporter was that game but she was talking about how it was louder Holly than the Penn Rowe, State. if I'm not mistaken Turner yeah so she was talking about how it was louder than the um, the uh, whiteout game that Penn State had and seeing them go I believe it was two false starts and then a sack um, and then, you know, next play is like a one yard pass that gets either, either gets tackled by the line or deflected, something like that. But hearing that crowd erupt, especially after that second false start was insane. And it's crazy to think about how, you know, Georgia does their stunts on the defensive line. So, you know, that whole week they're practicing, okay, don't move when they shift, don't move when they shift. Then very first two first plays of the games, they both fall start just because of how loud it was for a noon kickoff, especially was I was blown away. I had goosebumps that whole first drive. It was crazy. You speak of this. I'm going to talk within that same game, though. I think the crowd got louder when uh, when Dan blocked a punt for a touchdown. Yeah. I, just on the TV, when, when, when Chris Fowler was saying, you know, he was basically making a call out while he was, you know, calling the touchdown, you know, basically made a call out regarding the um you know the the you know the uh volume in the stadium right like i don't know what the actual decibels were but i guarantee you that thing was rocking you know and listen we we talk about this right from a georgia perspective but you you look at other fan bases look at lsu on a, on a louisiana saturday night as they call it down there right down in the bayou after dark that's a seismic movement uh, at times, and, and literally, if you don't believe me, it has literally caused an earthquake down there. There was an earthquake game one, if you remember what I'm talking about. Yep, LSU versus Auburn. Yep. So, you know, when when you look, you know, obviously trying to take the red and black off for just a second, right? And then we're definitely putting it right back on. But when you look at fan bases and, and how passionate they are, right? Like, you know, Turner talks about – going up to Wrigley Field, going up to, you know, and and doing a chant there. When you talk college football with it, you know, you bring it with you. 
people notice that, right? So when, when you hear the when you hear the SEC, it just means more. That's a perfect example of that. That's a perfect example. Now re reloading. Uh, we're going to reload, regroup, and go back to the brigade for a second. Um, uh, Roots also said that D-line shift was icing on the cake, I guess, talking about uh, generating those false starts. Man, watching that game start off, it, could, it was not – it could have not been any better. Like, I'm sure, you know, being front row, it was probably a different beast. But you could hear – if I heard what it sounded like on the TV, I could only fathom what it sounded like right there in the stadium. It, it had to have been ridiculous. Yeah, no, it was – I've been – to a bunch of exciting games. I was at that Notre Dame home game. I was at the Notre Dame away game. I was at the Rose Bowl. But nothing has – I mean, the energy of that stadium on both the blocked punt and that first drive was in nothing like I had ever seen before. It was crazy. And it was one of those things where I actually just took a moment to look around, and I was like, wow, like I'm really front row in this environment right now. I'm a student at this university. This is amazing. And it was kind of like a full circle, like – just moment of being proud, being happy, being just stunned by everything going on. Juan, we're going to turn it over to you. <clears throat> Rude poses the question, what was Juan's favorite fan moment as a player? Man, that's uh, that's a great one. It has to be 1994 when we played Auburn at Auburn. And, uh, you know, it, uh, they were they were undefeated. They had were on a 20-game winning streak. And uh, we didn't win the game. We tied. That was, you know, obviously before they were doing the overtimes. But we, tied. but I remember, you know, I, I I caught a long touchdown pass in the game, and then we, you know, came down at the, you know, they came down at the end, kick a field goal, and they missed. But the way that you look up and you hear the fans just going absolutely insane, it was as if that were our own place. I mean, it was absolutely crazy. And then, you know, running off the field and then having the fans just going absolutely crazy. It still, you know, sends chills, you know, um, you know, gives, gives me thinking about it. But again, just, just the fact that, you know, what they drove to, they drove to Auburn. Auburn's undefeated. They were top ranked. I think we were maybe four and five something. Our record was not great. I mean, we just, you know, we did not have that much of a, you know, a, a, it didn't seem like we had a lot to play for. But the fact that when they came, drove, and cheered just as loud as if we were playing for a national championship, I tell you what, it was just absolutely amazing. Rudes brings up a great point. When I thought I couldn't love one anymore. <laughs> <laughs> make sure, make sure, make sure, folks, if you're listening or watching, when you're on social media, Twitter, Instagram, wherever, use the hashtag one fan club to let him know that you let him know. All right. Just, just a subtle reminder. <laughs> so, just a reminder. With that being said, let's see here. Hold on one second. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Yeah. So, Turner, while we have you on, I want to ask your thoughts about the SEC real fast. I know this was not something that we had discussed. What are your thoughts about the new scheduling format? Um, there's a potential that you see the 3-6 model. There's a talks about a 1-7 model. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see it because I love traveling to away games, especially when you have a fan base like Georgia that takes over most places they go. Um, and as much as I love completely writing out Vanderbilt, I wouldn't be opposed to that not happening every year and maybe being able to travel to a team like A&M or Mississippi State like we're doing next year. And then even going out to teams like LSU, Oklahoma, Texas, those are really, really fun to go to. So I'm really excited to just get more parity in our schedule and see those teams that we normally wouldn't see. Like A&M, we barely even see A&M. It feels like we're not really even in the same conference with them, and they're just another team like Clemson where we just put them on the schedule to play them. So I'm really excited to see it. Um, I've, I'm pretty confident we'll definitely keep that Florida rivalry, whether it's the one game or the three game, in terms of how many teams we keep every year. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what happens with teams like Auburn or Tennessee um, in terms of that rivalry. I think I think the rivalry will still stay strong, and maybe even every other year can help strengthen that rivalry because the game matters more since you're not playing it as much. See, that's my thoughts. I think, you know, I, I think you need to go to a nine-game conference schedule. I think for me when there's 16 teams, right, being able to to do a 3-6 model, and, and I'm not going to go too far in this because we've we've done an entire show on this, but when, when you have that 3-6 three, that three, model, right, you look at from a Georgia perspective where there's more than just one rivalry that, needs preservation there, there's a ton of money in the cocktail party every single year one you know what we're talking about from last year mm-hmm. uh, don't get me started because i cannot <laughs> wait for that by the way neither here nor there though you also have deep south Soto's rivalry that has to be preserved in my opinion right if you do the one seven model which one do you keep that every year it pose and listen you also look at other teams like I don't know, say Tennessee, right? Tennessee and Alabama, or, you know, is it Tennessee, Georgia, whatever? Who knows, right? Like Auburn is another one, right? Do you, you know, do you do, you know, teams that have multiple rivalries, right? Georgia is one of those. I think the 3 6 covers, you know, multiple facets. I think it allows to preserve current traditional rivalries, the old traditional rivalries, with the potential for generating new rivalries. Uh, that third rival or that third permanent game, right? You know, who's to say that that's, a, you know, South Carolina, right? People wanted to argue Tennessee here, but I'm telling you right now, 
strangely enough, one, and feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, please. Um, you know, when you look at Tennessee and Georgia versus Georgia versus South Carolina, every year South Carolina and Georgia play. And I think that's the one that they would gravitate towards keeping every single year. Is is that would would that is there truth to that statement or am I misspoke or mistaken? No, there's there's definitely truth true to that. I mean, there's always gonna be those staples that you're gonna want each and every year. So for Georgia, it's gonna be it's gonna be Georgia, Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, Georgia, um, um, Auburn. I mean, with, with no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But then, like you said, they'll gravitate towards that Georgia, you know, South Carolina as well. So, they, you know, you, you've got, the, you know, it, it just depends on, you know, how they're going to actually do this. But again, you're going to have to keep those traditions alive. I mean, there's no way that Auburn, Alabama can't play every year. It just is impossible. Um, or the oldest rivalry with Georgia Auburn. I mean, so, you know, now, now they're just going to have to try to figure out you know, what, what they're going to do, especially as they add in these additional teams, right, with the, um, you know, with the Missouris and, and, and all that, how that's going to go. It, it appears that we have our first dono, $10 from <laughs> Mr. Roots towards the DG Pockets and the first proceeds of the one fan club. <laughs> so with that being said, thank you, sir, for the support. <laughs> You've got Juan laughing on live yeah. show, which is perfect. <laughs> but, but um, you know, nonetheless, listen, nonetheless, I'm telling you right now, if if I if I'm Turner, if I'm a part of the Spike Squad, listen, when you're telling me that as as a fan base, the Spike Squad going into Austin, Texas, and dominating, I'm telling you right now, if the Spike Squad hits up Austin, Texas, Texas fans are gonna hate Georgia. They gonna hate us. Period. Per- period. They gonna hate us. They gonna hate us, and that's okay. <laughs> that's okay because we ain't here. For, we ain't here for your sympathy and your love. We here to kick your ass every single week, and we we gonna go win a natty. That's what we trying to do. So the spike squad going in into Texas or going into Kyle Field for that matter. I can't wait for that. By the way, going to Kyle Field and showing them that the twelfth man don't mean a damn thing when you got the spike squad coming in. That's what I. That's must see TV. If you're a dog fan like me, with that being said, though, let's wrap this thing up today. Uh, obviously, there's a lot to be going on this weekend, uh, a lot to cover recruiting wise, stuff like that. Turner, thanks for coming on again. Um, listen, I'm going to give you a um, let's do it. Let's do this. Let's talk about Black Out the Benz campaign countdown to kickoff as well. Tell everybody more about this. If you if you're not familiar with this, I'm gonna let Turner take it over just a second. Let him explain. Feel free to explain and go ahead. Yeah, so we're just trying to really hype up that first game against Oregon. Um, we love blacking out both on the field with our uniforms and then also in the fans when we got black all around. So we're really really trying to push this. Hopefully, we can get the fan base behind us and. Uh, Hopefully get a instead of a sea of red, we're trying to get a sea of black with all of our uh, black shirts out there. And we're trying to get Kirby. You know, we talked about this last episode, maybe with a national title under his belt. He might be a little bit more lenient. He might realize that, you know, uniform color doesn't necessarily mean that your players won't care about the game. So we're really hoping he can just loosen up a little bit and uh, throw those black jerseys out. You know, we wore them for the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. 
Um, and I'm really hoping that we can wear them again. I mean, I'm with you. I, I think I think you take a game one, and I'm gonna let you elaborate before we actually wrap up here because this is this deems to be talked about here. When you're playing a game like Oregon, when you're playing a game against Oregon, who is known for their color combinations and different variations of their uniform, is this the game where we see Georgia shake things up? I hope so. I mean, I I, I hope so. However, you know, I, I you know, I always have my little thing about those black jerseys when we played that Alabama and got absolutely thrashed. So like, I get a little bit nervous with that. Um, but I, I do, I, I would hope that they kind of just do something. I mean, you, you got Oregon here, they're going to have a combination of 150 million, you know, jerseys and, and pants and, and, and all that. But I, I'd like to, for it to be something special. I mean, you're playing, you know, your old defensive coordinator. Um, and, and so in order to get those guys excited, in order to get them fired up, there's nothing like a, a shakeup with the uniforms. Yeah, obviously, I don't think this is going to happen, but I'm telling you right now, if they, if logistically Georgia could make this happen, I know, I know, Turner, you're talking about black out the bins, but if the fans black it out and they go all white, I wouldn't be opposed to that. <laughs> I understand. Or, or, or all black uniforms with the red helmets. I'm okay with that too. You want a true blackout? That's how you do it. Yeah. Just saying. Just saying. Now, at the same time, we also don't know what – how can I explain it? We don't know what Oregon's going to come out in because who knows, they might come out in like a – I don't know, they may come out like a camouflage neon green trying to go, you know, hey, make sure you don't shoot us. We're going duck hunting. Dogs are going duck hunting. They might want to, <laughs> hey, hey, don't get us. Don't mind us. We're, you know, hey, we're here kind of thing. Who knows? Or they might come out in their actual duck uniform, like legitimately like their duck uniform concept, which I'm, I'm a fan of. I really am. I thought that was cool shit. <clears throat> but if I'm Georgia, listen, hey, Kirby, black out the bins. It's a thing. Make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> Equipment, switch it up. Just just throw all black in there. He will never know. <laughs> He'll never know. With that being said, though, obviously, listen, black out the bins. <clears throat> obviously, DGD podcast and Spike Squad partnered up. Countdown to kickoff as well. 85 days until kickoff, uh, as you see on social media every day, <clears throat> doing that countdown for you there. With that being said, have a great rest of your weekend. Juan, have a great weekend. Turner, have a great weekend. The Brigade, each and every one of you, have a great weekend. For those listening and watching, have a great weekend. Make sure to check it out. Obviously, <clears throat> dgpodcast.com. With that being said, though, again, Have a great Friday. Have a great rest of your weekend. And we will catch y'all Monday. Go dogs. Go dogs. And Spike Squad. And the Spike Squad. Absolutely.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.